0: Just a quick disclaimer before we get into the episode, Um, this is not about the real men of Easy Company, this is about the show Band of Brothers. We are not disparaging the legacy and the campaigns of the actual men who fought in World War II, we are simply some friends who want to talk about Band of Brothers because it's our favorite show, and with that being said, enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Fans of Brothers. Um, Today we are talking about episode 10, Points, and I am joined by Andy. Hi. Emily. Hi. And Nate. Hello. Alright, so um, this is, this is the end. We've We've come to the end of the war. We've come to the end of uh, Easy Company, like basically, because it, the hundred first dissolves after the war is over. But that's, you know, <laughs> um, and you know, yeah, that's something else. That's that's not important. Um, but yeah, this is the uh, this is the last time that we see these guys and it's very emotional and it's very uh bittersweet so i think it's best we just kind of get into it <laughs> we start in austria where easy company has been stationed after um the german surrender and after uh winning the war in europe and dick winners is thinking about his future and he doesn't really know what lies ahead. Like, none of them knew what lied ahead for them. And, um, he is greeted by none other than Lewis Nixon, who, uh, has a little present for him. And it's a very sweet scene where they're just, like, sitting there talking and sort of reminiscing their, um, their time together in the paratroopers and looking at photos. And, Nixon literally asks him to go home with him. Like, who among us doesn't want their best friend to say, come live with me.
1: We will have a very good life together. In beautiful New Jersey. In beautiful New Jersey. (laughs) Beautiful. My friend Lou.
0: Oh, it's such like, um... Like, I, I talked about this in the first first episode but it's like this is the the culmination of this consistent relationship and it's sort of the the main consistency that we have in the series is the relationship between these two guys and to sort of have dick be presented with two choices of do i stay in the military do i have to do more for these people or do i go and I live, uh, I go and I have a simpler life. Like, having to really weigh those choices. Um, because there was still a war on in Japan, and they all kind of figured if we didn't, they, the officers, if they didn't want to, didn't have to go, but like, would they still? It was still a, a balance.
1: Yeah, it's, like, if your men, and if your men have to go, like, I think for winners, it's, like, oh, well, so many of the people that I've been leading for, like, however long are going, so is it fair that I also go and lead them and be with them through another battle and, like, yeah. like war and trauma? Yeah. Yeah. Or even, you know, he
0: didn't know, yeah, what?
2: I think it's a really like tough decision that he's faced with but I think like the whole of Band of Brothers in some way is like the an examination of the relationship between Lewis and Nixon uh, Lewis and uh Richard yeah Nixon and Winters um and like I think that like they really are like the center if not the center, the only consistent thing, as you said, in the show, and so it is a really tough decision when it's something so important, and then, like, for the greater good,
0: he thinks, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, because you can tell, like, Nixon is out of there, he's going home, he's done, he's done his part, he doesn't want (laughs) to... And if he doesn't have to, um, but Dick still, I think, feels, even if he's not leading his men, he would be leading some men, and uh, he still sort of feels Mm
1: -hmm. that sense of duty in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's it's interesting to come off of this episode after Nine, where, like, you really see Nixon just, like, going through it, because he's, you know, been in the war Mm -hmm. so long, he's experienced all this horrible stuff and then also like he's thinking ahead to like okay well now when I go home I basically have nothing because my wife has divorced me and taken everything so I have nothing if I go home so now I think with winners he kind of sees that like oh but if I still have him there's something like I can hang on to like maybe the one good thing that the war really brought me which was my friendship with him and he can come and we can start without the war and mm-hmm. kind of be yeah. together
0: it's a very like it's a very sweet sentiment that like he sees them he sees their friendship continuing beyond this whereas like some people yeah. are like this is my job for a couple years
2: i think it's really like it's their last hope for both of them and they're kind of holding on to sentimentality because i think they both know that like they only really got into this friendship because of the military and the military was only supposed to be a temporary thing because I was reading in in um, in, uh, Winters's book, he was saying like that it was only supposed to be like, he just wanted to get through it as fast as he could. And to know that it was just going to be a temporary thing for him, but, this wonderful friendship blossomed between them and then to know that like that's kind of their only way to still stick to it it's a little heartbreaking you know it's kind of yeah
1: it's interesting too like saying that like it's interesting that like so much of like at the end when they're saying what everyone does it's winter narrating but so much of it does seem disconnected he's just saying like oh here were their accomplishments here's what they did but then with Lewis, it feels very personal he like he says my friend Lou and he talks about like his like marriages and stuff so like it feels way more personal than a lot of the other guys so Mm -hmm. I think that really is an indication into like just how close they were and continued to be
0: yeah absolutely um but it does, um, it sort of takes you back to how they got to that point of making these considerations, and it takes you to when they got to Bavaria, and they sort of took over the last Nazi stronghold. Um, I can't say it, and I always butcher it. Garden, Right? Um, I don't know. I I, I feel like I, I, I have, I have such a hard time saying it, but, um, you know, there's the the relief of finally their war that they've been fighting being over um, and not having to, to do all the sort of back-breaking combat anymore. Um, and you really see that because a, a sense of levity comes to Dick that hadn't been there, even yeah. in episode one. Like, he's... They're they're entering the town. Well, I should back up. They're 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 on the 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 mountain road, waiting to enter, and it's all blocked off, and it's um
1: What's yeah, your, it's blocked. We've got we've got dumb ass.
0: <laughs> Yeah, they're like they're like shooting rockets at it, throwing grenades, just like waiting to like clear this road because. They were supposed to have the engineers come and, like, use better explosives, I assume, to blow the rocks out of the way. But they're just sort of, like, waiting there. They're like, can we just get to this grenade. town? They're shooting. <laughs> like, the, yeah, they were putting, like, a nest of grenades. And then, like, they had a rocket launcher with another grenade. And they're just like, yeah, yeah. this will work. Um, but they're just all standing there, sitting around, waiting. Um. Spears is ready to, like, climb the mountain. <laughs>
2: yeah. I think it's comedic because Band of Brothers is, after all, a sitcom. But um <laughs> I think it really shows that they're kind of desperate and they're really, obviously, like, they're already exhausted. But it really shows how exhausted they are and they really just want to go home. That, like, they just use... All of their weapons and all of their like grenades because they just want nothing more than to get through that, um, that road and unblock it and just go because that road represents the road to home, really. And it's mm-hmm. just blocked and they can't go anywhere. And so, yeah,
0: and then Sink rolls up and he's like, Get there, and they're like, Great, how? But yeah, sure. <laughs> Um. But yeah, it's sort of. There is that sense of like jubil. It's it's cautious jubilation when they enter the town and no one's there because it is a very like eerie feeling. Mm. When it's like just all the white flags, everything's abandoned. Yeah. And
3: then we (laughs) can loot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, then we can loot. Then we can start taking shit. Um, but, yeah, like, and this is where you get, like, the first real look at, like, a lighter, happier winners, because he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take some of this silverware, Harry, no problem.
1: Yeah. Um, and, um. he's like, is just stealing, like, a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Because
0: yeah. he's, Cause he's not allowed to take the, the silverware, because he can't take no. the silverware, yeah. No, because that's all for Kitty yeah that's all for kitty.
2: Um. no, but I think like it's really nice to see uh that side of winters that he's more like light hearted and just more free spirited or whatever um because like I know that band of brothers ends there, and that easy company ends there, but I think it would have been nice to have like little moments that um obviously it wouldn't happen because it's war. But um, I think it would have been nice to have more of those, see more of those moments where um, Winter is, is like, like a normal person and he's just relieved. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think maybe that was um, a little bit on purpose to try, and, to try and show that he was a true leader yeah, and to course. try to establish a sense of infallibility with Winters even though clearly that's not the case. Yeah. Like, he is a human. But, um, yeah, it's this – it's this idea of now we can breathe. Now we can – sort of live and they're all excited those that have already made it into the town are like can we go can we go climb the mountain can we get to the eagle's nest like they're so yeah. excited and you know the next shot is a couple of them like running like they're not even like yeah. taking their time they're like we're going to go
1: for it it's kinda um, it's it's funny how like reminiscent that scene is of the like one's in the first episode Where, like, it was, like, they were running up Kerhe, but, like, then it's just to prepare for the war, and now it's, the war is over, and we're running towards, like,
0: freedom, almost. Yeah, using those abilities gained to uh, get home. But then, I love how he, like, I love how Winters describes the eagle's nest as, like, it's, like, a gift. It's made from the top of a mountain, and Hitler didn't even like heights. Like, he was afraid of them. Like, yeah. but you're gonna, your fortress is gonna overlook, like, three countries. It's just very, I, again, I, I have no other, like, way to describe it other than, like, it it establishes a feeling of relief with the audience as well. Like, you're not waiting for a shoe to drop.
1: Except, I know.
0: Yeah, I... <laughs> well, but... Um, yeah, and then they, they sort of, they snoop around, they, they get in there, and they snoop around, and they do some more looting, and, peer They um, peer
1: pressure winners to drink. He doesn't, Yeah, like they try.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, more swipes Hitler's photo albums. Even though yeah, he's, but... like,
1: yeah. And Even I think, he's...
2: like, episode 10 really solidifies, um, that there was, like, even though it's a drama, even though it's war, there is comedy in it, and there's, like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel,
0: you know? And I think you get that with, like, more relationship-based shows, because, Mm -hmm. um, you have more interpersonal dynamics, whereas something in the Pacific, you know, I, hopefully, you know, Bring it full circle. We're gonna make one more specific comparison. Um it is character driven, so you're seeing more of a dramatic internal uh, internal struggle yeah. than you know, you're seeing a one-sided relationship versus you know, seeing both sides of it. Yeah. So the dynamics are more established.
2: Can I compare Ben Brothers to community for one second? Go ahead. <laughs> Um, both of them are just like they're heavily focused on just the like um, the relationships between the characters because uh, it's a community and like it's a band of brothers literally in the title. It's like showing it's yeah. the shows about are, are about communities and because uh, the way community ends it's on a very it's not on a very light note. But it's still on, like, um, like they're moving on. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's going to be okay. And then the same thing with Band of Brothers happened. And it's just, like, there's a way out. And they're going to move on with their lives. But it's going to be okay. And, like, you're going to be okay. And, like, I really like the way that the ends of both of those shows were done. Yeah. I'm not yeah. giving any
1: spoilers, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I think when you, you sort of have a relationship-based show, you have to examine the ends of relationships, because a lot yeah. of them do end. Of course. Like,
1: yeah.
0: um, so you have to take that into consideration as well. And, and it's good when you can show that they don't all end on a low note.
3: They don't exactly. all
0: end horribly, um. But yeah, so they um. The officers then get, I think, exclusive access to the e- Eagle's Nest, and they're up there just drunk as exclusive monkeys. <laughs> exclusive yeah, they, access to. <laughs> I mean, what else? Because like they're the only ones up there. They're like, it's okay, BIC. you guys, shoot.
1: Hitler's Eagle's Nest. Invite only.
0: (laughs) Invite only. There's no... uh,
1: Winters is the bouncer. (laughs) They put a Facebook invite. They send it to everyone, but then it's like, it has a bunch of, like, uh, exclusions may apply.
3: (laughs) So actually everyone just looks at Spears up there and just doesn't want to be there. They're just... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
1: I don't really want to get yelled at. <laughs> He'll just stare at me the whole time from across the room.
3: They try they try and enter and Spitz just looks at them and they're like, okay, never mind.
1: They're <laughs> like, oh that Blake looks nice down there.
0: <laughs> like, um, we got Hitler champagne, no bitches, and it's fun. <laughs> exactly.
1: No girls allowed. Guys club only. <laughs> it's boys' night boys night minus
2: <laughs> crack open a cold one with the
0: comrades <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's only three of them we got harry who we got harry saturdays are for the boys welsh um mm-hmm. we got spears and we got nixon nixon is just like in his like natural state
1: just how he is, just drunk. I, um, like, I am drunk. We are not fighting. I can sleep after this. We are a hundred percent straight chilling.
0: Um, <laughs> Spears. I think Spears is a very interesting drunk because he's like he's like me. We're like you can tell he's like sleepy, and his uh his relationship with what's going on around him is fuzzy, <laughs> and <laughs> Harry is just having a blast and. You know, winners thinks this is the time to tell them that uh, the Germans surrendered. This, this come moment on. right here, this is really gonna get him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and they're all just sort of, you know, shocked. And he leaves Lipton to deal with the other two while he takes Nixon. And is like, come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you drunker. And it's
1: a special you gift think- <laughs> for my one and
0: only. <laughs>
3: You think anyone, like, anyone when they, any of them when they sober up, like, forgets that they won the war, so they have to be, like, told again? <laughs>
1: that feels like yeah. a hairy move. Fierce yeah. just, like, wakes up the next morning, he's like, When's the next battle, we gotta fucking go?
0: He's like, let's, uh, yeah, I'm good to go, um, and they're like, oh, no, we don't, we don't have to. Um... <laughs>
1: But Spears is like, no, I will. I will go to North Korea, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dick literally just gifts Nixon, like, Hitler's private uh, alcohol cellar full of everything. And he just grabs one bottle. But actually, in all actuality, they uh, dock Rowe driving, like, the
1: trucks of all of, like, the things that he wanted. (laughs) So, it feels like, as a medical professional, I, uh, all of you should get drunk. That's my professional opinion.
0: It's like, I'd usually advise against this, but I'll make an exception.
1: Everyone would get wasted.
0: Um, yeah, and then I think they spend a couple days there. I don't think they're in, uh, Bavaria very long. Yeah. Because then they have to go get even more surrenders from Austria where they're there for, like, the rest of their time as a company. <laughs> it's really... It's a really cool scene where, like... It's a departure, and this speaks to the tone of the... Of the rest of the episode that is very light, where they're... You see them on trucks before, and they're very, like, somber and, like, just like, zoned out, because they're just so tired, and this time, they're, like, standing, and they're, like, pointing, and, like, saying hi to, like, women and stuff, and it's just, they're having a good time, because they're, like, we're not going to our deaths, potentially. Yeah. So, they get to Austria, and, um, there's a very interesting scene, I think, that speaks to the tone of the European war, which is the civility um with which the German um colonel surrenders to Dick. Like the in in the Pacific, again, they're dying to the last man, but they have this whole regiment of men and this he shakes his hand and he salutes them. You know, and he yeah. allows him to keep his sidearm. And it's this um I think real, there tonally, it's odd, because like you hmm. don't, you don't, you no longer view him as an enemy. Yeah, you are viewing him as a man who was just commanding his unit.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and it's just a scene that I always find very. I think on it a lot, Yeah, if I'm honest. I think it's
2: a little unsettling in ways because, like, you are trying to kill him. You've been trying to kill him for the past, what, like, three years, and I know the war lasted for six, but,
0: um... I mean, the Americans yeah. weren't there very long.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and for the past three years, and you've, like, you're one... Goal that you've been trying to get to for the that's like your only goal and it's been going on for so long is to destroy him and to kill him and then you see him and everything's over and you've given up like you haven't given up you've just won and you like so there's no point in it anymore and so you just let him walk let him walk and I think it's like it's unsettling but I think it's also like people have humanity and they can't resist that they have humanity even though he's a Nazi even though he doesn't deserve it people have humanity that they can't suppress so yeah
0: and especially someone like Dick Winters who his whole mentality was that of being respectful and respectable he's yeah. going to extend those same courtesies even to his enemy
2: exactly
1: i think uh, i think it's interesting kind of like that scene before you have the scene where you know webster and Liebgott are sent out to see that german officer and how you see like leave is so angry and upset about like it and he thinks well you know he's responsible for it like he's but you see webster he's kind of has a more like I don't like he has more of a he like knows that he's bad and that he is a Nazi but he kind of sees it more as like well was he just following orders we don't know this man we don't know why he did what he did and I think it's really interesting to have that approach to like the war of like you know Webster has a very different experience in the war than, like, Liebgott does, than Winters did, so it's interesting to see that, like, yeah, like, he's your enemy, but is he really your enemy, or was it just, like, the Germans and the Nazis in general, and how do you handle individuals then? I also,
0: I also think that Winters maybe, um, he views it as, he viewed the german uh colonel that surrendered to him as his equal yeah and so he's he's viewing i don't think he's viewing himself in that in him Mm -hmm. i don't think that's what it is but i do think he's recognizing what his position represented exactly and so he's like you know, you're, you were my enemy, but I'm still going to, um, understand where you were coming from. Like what your position was, Mm -hmm. what your standing was. And it's just, yeah, like you said, it's very unsettling to think about the nature of which the relationship had been. Mm. Like, like, uh, from a from an objective standpoint, like, the Ameri- like the allies versus the Axis powers, so yeah, it's just a very interesting scene, and I think about it quite a bit. Um. And so then... Yeah. yeah? Yeah. No, go ahead. I was just gonna move on, but go ahead. I think in some ways
2: it's, like, kind of a predecessor for that scene where some guy... I forgot who. I think it was Yanovets, but I don't know. Um, he, like, sees that German while they're, like, checking the cars. And um, he, like, treats him with respect. And he's like, okay, this is, like, he's just a normal guy. He was a soldier just like I was. And, like, I... He's he was in the same position as me. And I think what he was thinking, because I think like if someone was in Nazi Germany and if someone was just like a soldier, they would have done the same thing.
0: Yeah. It is, um, you, you, I hate to, to use this, because it doesn't excuse the actions of the German soldiers and the Nazis mm. at all. <sighs> but I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say they were just following orders. But, like, a lot of them did have,
1: like, threats to their life. Exactly. And well, especially when you think of just, like, the soldiers who, you know, like, I mean, just, like... um Yeah, like, they just didn't have as much of a choice. Like, I mean, once you get up higher to officers and stuff, you think, you know, well, like, how much did you really know? I think maybe you were a little bit more involved. But when you think of just, like, the soldiers who were on the front lines or in the trenches, you know, how much, yeah, like, are they just following orders? And also, like, to think that, like, they're not that different from American soldiers who are also just following orders, who have families back home who they want to see who maybe don't necessarily agree with everything
2: that's happening. Yeah. Mm. Because, like, my best friend, she um, she's German, and she, like, her whole family is German, and she, and I'm Jewish, and she's, like, thinking I, like, um, if I was like, in that time, then if she was in that time, then she would have done the same thing, because, like, obviously forced recruitment, and then I don't like admitting it, obviously, because it's it's uncomfortable to admit, but, like, there were people who, like, just like people in, um, like, people, one of, people from Easy Company, were patriotic and they wanted to fight for their country. The German people were in a much worse situation and obviously they wanted to fight for their country too. And so it's kind of a complicated situation because obviously it's morally incomprehensible and it's just objectively a bad thing. But if you were in that situation, you couldn't have been the one person who was like oh actually i don't think so
1: so yeah yeah it brings up the interesting idea of like how much do you place blame on the individuals within the system um and i think i mean you could still see this in you know like conflicts that the us or other things are in today like how much blame goes on to those like just soldiers who are fighting versus the entire system or the people in charge, like, really in power that, like, and, I mean, I think the, like, Nuremberg trials kind of proved that, like, individuals do hold some responsibility for the actions, but it's interesting to consider how much responsibility do they have, and and is it, you know, oh, well, all individuals are not, or is it more of, like, a case-by-case basis? Is it, it's interesting to consider
0: there's there's a difference between a lieutenant or a high ranking nco and and their orders and an order that comes right from the top yeah so yeah i think it's just all in where the where the main order and mission of the people is coming from
2: yeah
0: and i think like if
2: you're an officer I think they also went to officer schools, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think the Germans, like, if you wanted to be an officer, then you went to, you tried to become an officer, and if you were an officer, then, like, there were steps to become that, and you tried to become that, but if you're a soldier, then that's just, you're a normal Mm -hmm. person. You may obviously you may have, like, the same, uh, ideals or even worse ideals than the people at the top, but, like, you could just be a normal person as
0: well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and it's, it does, it it does, I think, beg far too many philosophical questions.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think it's, like, um, interesting to hypothesize, but I guess you can't really know unless you were there.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Unless you're in that situation.
2: Do y'all know The Wave? Hmm? There's this, there was this experiment called The Wave, and it was, like, popularized into a book and then a movie and then a show. But it was this thing where Americans were, like, being taught about Nazi Germany, And they were like, I would never do that. Obviously, like, I would, uh, that wouldn't even occur to me. But then the teacher, like, slowly introduces, like, uh, those, like, okay, we should have a name, we should have a salute, we should, like, do all these things. And then slowly it comes into, Mm -hmm. like, this sort of cult-like thing. Do you know what?
0: I've, this, this is ringing a couple bells,
2: yeah. Yeah, but then he's, like, okay, and they're, like, to the point where they're guarding the, um, the school gates, and they're, like, you can't come in if you're not part of the wave, and then the teacher is, like, okay, this has gone too far, I'll show you guys you're a leader, and then he shows them a picture of Adolf Hitler, and they're, like, oh, no, um, But I think that's really interesting as well because it's like everyone says, oh, I would never do that. But you can never know if you're in that position.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: If you're not in that position.
0: It does, it comes up, I think, with the question politically of nationalism and populism and where it all derives from. And people do buy heavily Still, in many countries, buy heavily into those ideals,
3: mm.
0: and
2: yeah, I think you can definitely be proud of your country without being a nationalist, but yeah. um,
0: but I, but a lot of people do end up taking it
3: to that extreme. Yeah, I think yeah. sometimes the line can be a little bit thin of those things. Mm.
0: Yeah. And that's it's definitely uh I don't want to say it's to that degree but like you see in a lot of countries now rising nationalism and it is a scary thing. Yeah. And um yeah, I it's just it you you can really tell people who haven't in any way shape or form studied this type of history. Yeah. Um and that is what we have to say on that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, now we now we get back to Easy. And <laughs> they are just, you know, there's some boys. They're in the woods. They're trying to get some dinner.
2: I love that scene.
0: <laughs> Where they're just, like, a bunch of them are, like, out hunting. And they're just, they don't know what they're doing. Like, only Shifty really knows what he's doing. And even yeah. then, he biffs. He biffs it because they're all talking.
2: Yeah.
1: Um,
2: it's not even Shifty's fault. They're all just it's a not. Bunch of yeah. Guys.
3: Yeah. I
1: like and they're Bull like, just, like in the background, just like huge and yeah. walking
0: with a <laughs> I know, because they're all so small, and then you just have Bull, who's like ginormous. He's
1: mm-hmm. like this huge ass man.
0: <laughs> yeah. The but deer is- can hear you fucking coming from a mile away. <laughs> Yeah, you can, he can feel your footsteps, sir. Um, <laughs> but it rumbling sir, me.
3: you are too loud.
0: <laughs> but there is um, an interesting conversation that happens where um, we were talking earlier about them all just wanting to go home. A lot of them can't go home yet. They don't yeah. have the points to go home. Mm. And that's really harsh in their mellow if you will, because they're like, Mm -hmm. well, we should be done. Like, we've been with this company for, like, three years now, three, four years now.
1: Yeah. Why can't we just go home? D-Day and Bastogne and everything else that they went through, and they're like, "Mm, but, like, did you stay? Yeah, Yeah, and
0: especially, like, guys that had been on the front line the entire time. Um weren't allowed to leave so they organize on the anniversary of d-day actually they uh they have a little lottery to see who can go home who can who can catch a boat and um it's shifty who you know we love
1: shifty,
0: we love shifty. I love um shifty. if you don't love shifty powers i don't know what to tell you
1: Everyone loves
2: shifty. Exit out of this podcast right now.
1: (laughs) This is a shifty powers pro podcast. Yeah, you're not a true shifty shifty
3: powers. You don't like
1: shifty.
0: Um, But we see the first of this like uh, this like motif after he's told he can go home, where Dick (laughs) Winner sort of explains the their life after the war, and Shifty, like immediately after, had a little bit of tragedy where he got in a car accident and was, you know, had a concussion and several broken, broken
3: bones. F in yeah. chat for Shifty.
1: <laughs> F in
0: the yeah. chat for Shifty.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, he
1: was... Just get out of the war and before you can even get out of Europe. It's just like a car crash and you're like, cool, thanks. I get to go in the hospital for a couple of months. What fun. I love being out. <laughs> to get
0: through, to get through unscathed, and then this is where you get injured.
1: He's exactly. like, I'm literally not even in the fucking army anymore. <laughs> I'm pissed.
0: But his 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 issues about going home, his issues about going home, um, which he's afraid of the, of how he's gonna cope. He's already feeling the. The eff- I don't think he's feeling the effects, but he knows that there's going to be a good amount of PTSD that comes with yep. this, mm-hmm. and I think that's very um, that's very sage of him, if you will. Yeah. He's he's anticipating it; it's anticipatory.
1: Um, yeah, yeah but, especially back then when like nobody really understood what like PTSD was or. Exactly. Like, you know, you're going to come back from the war and just have to, like, your whole family's going to be like, well, you're a hero, thank you so much, and you're like, well, I have been terribly traumatized from yeah. all of yeah. this, and nobody knows how to fix that, so. Yeah.
0: To know mm-hmm. your life is never going to be the same. Um, and, like, the thing
2: with um, PTSD at that time, like, people were just told to deal with it, because, mm-hmm. like, obviously it wasn't a medical thing yet and they didn't know how to deal with it and people were just expected to like go on as normal and i can't imagine how hard that must be to just like first have ptsd from this awful experience and then come back and then everyone has to, and then you have to act like normal and everyone just treats you like an alien and it yeah.
0: And to know and to have the wherewithal to realize this is gonna be trauma, this is gonna affect me.
2: Yeah.
0: I think that that's a really it hurts. Yeah to, to think to really think about um too long. Um but you know, he, he did live a good a good long life and yeah. I think that's an important uh, point to make a, that Shifty Shifty did oh yeah. have a good life.
1: He's in the yes. interview, so we know he recovered yeah. well. He
0: <laughs> yeah. made it. He had no qualms talking about it. Um, but the next sort of big, um, how do I how a uh, d- discussion brought up is what we were sort of talking about earlier is. Do you stay or do you go? Because if a lot of the officers did have the so, ab- yeah, <laughs> do we stay? But a lot of the officers had the ability to leave, and we see people like Harry who's like, Uh, I am peacing out, I'm gonna go have a baby, I'm gonna go
1: get married,
3: have fun. <laughs> I
1: have a parachute dress for my wife, and I got her some nice silverware, I'm out.
3: Yeah. Exactly, King.
1: <laughs> and he he
3: he can't fathom
0: the fact that Dick for one wants to stay and go to Japan or go to the Pacific. They weren't in Japan yet. And then um Nixon would go with him cuz he brings up the point of like, you know, there's a very real possibility you guys would just be in reserve and sit here or be stationed somewhere where you're not gonna see any action and then the war will be over. Mm. Um and he would be doing his thing with kitty. But, you know
3: Making Dick, babies.
0: Yeah. Dick Dick still felt very compelled to to stay and um you know Nick's not Nick's having abandonment issues is like I'm gonna go too I guess.
1: Yeah. Wife just divorced him and took his dog it's like I and mean, I guess I'll go to Japan I don't have where, where else am I supposed to go because like I think at
2: that point dick the do- dick no Nyx doesn't really care what he's going to do next because like he doesn't have anything left for him other than dick other than the army and he's like Okay, if I go back home, do I have a home because I don't have a dog, I don't have a, a wife yeah. anymore. The dog's then, important. Like, the dog, the is, dog is more important.
3: important, but I would be really upset if someone took my dog, not gonna lie.
1: He was really upset.
0: <laughs> he
2: was
3: literally
0: like he was literally facing the perspective of oh shit, I'm probably have to move in with my parents again.
3: Exactly. Without, um, my yeah. Without my dog, yeah, the wife, whatever. <laughs> the, the the dog would be some comfort, but the
0: wife, the kid, take it. The house, I don't care. I can live in my parents' house with my dog. Like that's what he's thinking. But he didn't even have that, so I'll yeah. go
1: to I'll go to Winter's Farm. We'll just farm together.
3: <laughs> the cottage core life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were the original cottage core.
3: <laughs> they were the blueprint
0: but um it does it is a it's a very interesting thing and it's another insight into their dynamic where he's like i guess i'm following you yeah i got he I doesn't got no know choice. where it is yeah but he's gonna um but dick ultimately gets denied he's not going um cuz he wanted to transfer regiments completely to go sooner. He wanted to, you know, get out of there, see some action again, but um, it takes him through a, a montage of his campaign in Europe and what he did, and you know, we find out that the last time he shoots his weapon is when he kills a child. Um, yeah. And the the man that takes his meeting is, you know, he's like, I took this because I respected what you did, but I don't think it's the best idea to send you away again.
1: Mm.
0: And, um, so he sort of, he has no choice but to, but to consider life after the army, because he knows he probably won't go. Um, it's depressing. And, yeah, cuz he's like he's the man with the plan until his plan gets shot da- till his plan gets shot down.
2: Yeah. Um cuz he's the man with the plan the entire time and then the plan Yeah, because like the plan dies. The plan dies cuz like oh victory in Europe and then he's like okay got to like I'm always have a plan okay what's my plan now i'll go to the army because that's like that's what i'm good at now and then they're like actually you can't and i want you to do that and then he's like well shit
1: what now yeah where'd you go my eggs were kind of all in this basket so yeah Yeah. i guess i'll just take that job that Nick's offered me and
3: so i'll go fuck myself (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah cause he was like cause he was asked he's like cause he was asked he's like well are you gonna make a career out of the army and he's like no but so he's like so why do you want to still stay yeah I think someone as decorated as you kind of deserves a break <laughs> but yeah so we are after this after we sort of see the unofficial, official resolution of Dick Winters' plans. We are brought to... We are brought back to the peanut gallery and what the men are doing. (laughs) And, um... We're on a... We're on a mountain with Liebgott, Webster, and Sisk. And I... And I don't know... Okay, he he even... Webster even says that he fucking hates this. So why did he bring (laughs) him along... Like why is he there? Yeah. He's gonna it's going to be a bitch.
1: It's that you've got like,
2: only bring him to annoy him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to get him good like, and I, mad. I don't want to go. You don't have to come. Well, now I'm going to fucking come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Lose, I don't have to come cuz you don't want me to.
3: i <laughs> is just like babe, I'm so tired. Can we go home now?
1: I just like the shot of, like, them in the front and Sisk sitting in, like, the back
0: middle,
2: like... That's my, favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite shot in, like, all of Band of Brothers for comedic reasons.
0: It's like when, you, when you're when you third wheeling and the couple starts fighting. You're just sitting there so uncomfortable.
3: <laughs> but my, it's, it's my parents arguing in the front scene, and I'm like, yeah,
0: okay... Uh, just like, get a divorce already, please.
1: <laughs> mm. My question um, is, was it a, a mission that he was like, three of you go, or were they like, leave, pick two people go? No, it was right here.
3: No, Lee Lee chose Webster, and Skinny was like, I'm just gonna come to break up the fight.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's See, like, I think
0: it was. Other. <laughs> See, I think it was, Liebgott was like, sis, come on, we're going, and Webster's like, okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he just, he just tagged along. He's like, Webster's like, like, goes, I go.
1: Webster's like, you're kind of my main friend here right now. We had that <laughs> nice bonding moment in the truck, so like, we, I kind of gotta, if I stay here, they'll bully me, so. <laughs> it's like when you
0: only know one person at the party.
1: <laughs> exactly.
3: like, All they're like, oh, <laughs> they're like, "You're not my it's friend. Like, what are you talking to me for?"
2: <laughs> it's not like got isn't gonna bully him. It's just that it's going to be a different kind of bullying than the than the way yeah. the other guys would it's bully cute, him. Flirting. It's a cute
1: back and forth banter, and not so much a pile on not- of Webster. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so <laughs>
0: Um, so, basically, what they're there for is Spears, the, the, the troublemaker, said, hey, God, you're a Jewish, this guy was a commandant at a concentration camp, why don't you go kill him?
1: I, like, what kind of agenda is that? They're like, we'll send the dude who has a really personal attachment to this issue. Oh, oh, on purpose. You're on purpose. Like it. <laughs>
0: Spears does it all for the drama.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say guy a really personal issue, and the guy who already is feeling kind of conflicted about war, and we'll just see what that makes. Um,
0: so, you know. And Yeah, Sisk. yeah, yeah Sisk. Sisk. Well, Sisk, I feel like, is everyone's, like, um, their third man. He just has, like, third man, like, yeah. cleanup, clean-up guy vibes.
1: Solid, reliable.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: You can trust so, him to keep everything together.
0: But then but then Leap but then to Webster's credit, he literally calls him on a shit. He's like, Is this personal? Are you doing this because it like feels, you know, like something you have to do? And also Lee got fair point well made. Were you not there?
3: Yeah.
1: So yeah. And Webster's like, Did you not hear me yelling at a Nazi in a bakery? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> and he literally ended um so
0: they uh they break into the guy's house and Lieb God just starts yelling, he is an angry, angry man, right although you know what he's right, mm-hmm. um, can't mm-hmm. say he's not,
3: <laughs> yeah, um Points were made,
0: but Webster literally stands in there for, like, 30 seconds, and then he's like, uh, I'm out. I'm gonna go stand out here and, uh, very shakily light a cigarette. <laughs> <I can't laughs> smoke. Um, and this comes out, it's like, you okay, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he does shoot him somewhere in, like, the neck, which is, I think, kind of interesting, because that's where relief Guy got shot. Um, but, but he does, he does shoot him and the guy comes running out cause he's not dead and Liebgott is like, all right, this is your time, Webster, step up, shoot this guy. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and,
3: you know, he gets
0: mad. He gets, I will say though, like, keep the energy that you had yelling at that baker, shoot the Nazi. Exactly keep the energy. Shoot the Nazi. But, um, yeah, so Sisk ends up shooting him like the G that he is. Um. Do
1: we ever see Webster kill anyone? No. See, that's, that's, I think, really interesting. How, like, out of all the people, like, we never see Webster kill anyone, which kind of indicates that like he is not in the war as much as maybe other people are. <laughs> or he feels a lot more conflicted about
3: which I think we can see. This um, is why he's eaten by a shot, so like it's yeah. just calm. Yeah. <laughs> if <you had>, she <laughs> shark- had killed some Nazis, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs>
1: exactly He yells at Nasty they, so he gets kind of credit but not full credit it's
0: like we'll, we'll keep you alive enough to write this book about sharks but
1: I going I think he wanted the sea to take him
0: oh <laughs> well, that's a very poetic way to say it um, and then they have the most tense asking mom for McDonald's but she says that we have food at home ride home
1: Ride down the mountain. <laughs> right down the mountain. You just <laughs> everyone's uncomfortable. <laughs> no but, one's talking because everyone's angry.
0: Like the only thing, the only thing that Leave God says is like officers don't run, but anyone would run because the war is over. Well, are you sure? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I think um, that scene
1: really
2: is just comedic genius, honestly.
0: Oh, it's so funny. Everything about it.
2: From the acting to the writing to
0: <laughs> Like, oh, they're God. like, I love how they, like, set it up to be this, like, really, like, emotional, dramatic moment, and we're just, like, here, like, this is so funny.
1: Leon <laughs> yeah, and Ross really do play well off of each other. They yeah. do. Do more together, yeah. Kings. They do. Too bad we- if we'd if only gotten that Joseph We've Got episode, imagine the potential. The I buddy love. comedy. Oh but like the buddy comedy.
0: But, like, what the bickering I mean? buddy. Exactly,
1: <laughs> But the I do love it. Unmatched.
0: How, how it's supposed to be like, oh my god, he has to kill a Nazi, can he do it? And we're just like, these fucking idiots.
1: We're <laughs> <laughs> like, the shot, them in the car, everyone's silent and pissed. <laughs> fucking <laughs> hilarious.
0: Oh, hysterical. Um, but yeah, so then we are at the point where it is completely occupation and Janovic, Mr. Tom Hardy himself, I was going to say something a bit crude, um, Is he's talking with the German officer, and I think we brought this up when we were talking about the surrender, where um you know, he's treating him like a person because they were both sort of at the same level as infantry. And, um, you know, Webster has to be the one who, hypocrite, says not to salute them. (laughs) Webster
2: Um, has
1: some conflicted feelings about the Germans. He (laughs) does.
0: Webster
2: needs to make up his mind.
1: Yeah, make up your mind, dude. He's nice to the German uh, soldier. Gets him a ride. Yeah, because he can't walk.
0: Webster said, it...
1: really, said, fuck the rich. He was like, they'll be your show first, don't worry about
0: it. But he is the rich. Exactly.
3: Who <laughs> can afford Harvard? Jeez.
0: Yeah, Harvard so,
1: like, back then was
2: like $5.
0: Like, <laughs> it was
2: like, eat the rich, but goes to a private
3: school.
0: Yeah, that's literally him. He didn't he say he's, he's like eat know, the
3: though. rich but not me.
0: But not me. Exactly. <laughs> I mean other
3: rich people. <laughs> exactly.
0: It's like I can tell you the best ones, the ones that taste the best. Um and it's not me, I can assure you, I tell you, like shoe leather. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Levon is like, okay. <laughs> like
0: bet, we'll find out. <laughs> Shoot too. <laughs> that's a fan fiction that I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Anti-capitalist, believe God. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is you know the the discussion of points comes back again, and we find out Webster st- has to stay as well. Well, you missed four months, King. What do you <laughs> expect? You were gone for half of it.
1: But Janovic just—he's like Janovic is like on the scene, showed up. He's like I've done more than this, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um,
0: so yeah, Webster is revealed has to stay as well. And he's like, he's, like I how have how
1: many
0: points away? He's like five points away or like ten oh. points or something. No, Janovic's ten, ten. Webster's, Webster's five. Like five. Yeah. Well, those those I think he's four. It was four months, King. <laughs> then the
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> they did you in. Um but unfortunately, you know, we see Janovic set come to a sudden end. I don't like the way I said that. He he, he the uh I don't know. He dies. Yes. <laughs> That's just what happened.
1: <laughs> he dies pretty unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, no. suddenly, and you know, they can't do anything to save him because it's a. Uh, a pretty head-on collision with mm. a tree that the jeep gets wrapped around, so, um... I forgot that he died.
3: Yeah. That's sad. Poor Tom Hardy. Poor Tom Hardy.
1: <laughs> it's okay, his career has flourished since.
3: <laughs> yeah. They, they killed Dave. So happen, happens to me that all the actor, all the characters that die in, like, one episode, are all the most famous people, like, on the show. Yeah.
0: I think that's only, like, him and James McAvoy, cause...
1: Uh, that other guy from the second episode?
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Hall. Hall, oh, yeah. But, like, <laughs> but, like, but I'm gonna hurt Shrimp. I'm gonna hurt Andy's feelings really quickly. What have we seen the guy that played Julian in? What have we seen Jackson in?
1: Yeah. <laughs> nothing so oh, it's like uh, Michael Fassbender's career Michael really
0: took Fassbender, off. but he didn't die he just he, he, was, die, just, he was just, irrelevant. just
3: <laughs> irrelevant
1: he was just irrelevant but he really took off
0: they didn't I feel like I have a theory that they didn't give him that many speaking roles because his American accent wasn't quite there yet so
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> so they had to like he was there He he looked nice but they like
1: couldn't
3: We'll let you it's, work on it. It's
1: yeah. always, it's kind of funny to me that he plays, in that one, he plays an American soldier, and then in X-Men, he plays a character that was in the concentration camps.
0: And this is where my crossover fanfic
1: happens. <laughs> <laughs> Easy Company saves Magneto. <laughs>
0: and Magneto and Christensen meet, and they're like, should we tell them? that this is like all part of the plan. Anyway. Um <laughs> so moving on from like the tragic death of Tom Hardy. Moving <laughs> on
2: fromfiction.
0: <like>, <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. So the um it's further um down the line, it's like a like a month or so in, and it is a night scene where Chuck Grant is driving a couple of uh, replacements from his unit, and oh, they come I across. A- I do. I love Grant. I love Grant so much. He's
3: had to <laughs> interrupt just to say that <laughs>
0: he's a he's a he's a great guy. I feel like he's a really good guy. Anyway, he um he he's a he's at a higher level um, sergeant rank now, so he like has the authority to you know approach privates and from other companies and say hey state your business and this guy is uh drunk off his ass and he had already killed two germans that were in um their own jeep because he needed gas and they wouldn't give it to him so he um they get into a little physical altercation and he ends up getting grant in the head They are rushed to find, one, the person that shot him, which they do get, and two, someone to help him because the um, regimental doctor or surgeon or whoever says that he can't help him, that he's going to die, basically, without the proper uh, tools that they did not have because they hadn't really had the need to be supplied in that way.
1: And he's not a brain
0: surgeon. Yeah, he's not a brain surgeon. But uh, Captain Spears is like, I'm not having that. We're going to get someone from this town and we're going to save him, which they do end up doing. They do find a German-Austrian doctor who is able to get them to a hospital and operate on him and save him. But you have, like, the entirety of Easy Company out on the streets looking for this guy that they do get and they just beat him up they just, just
1: fucking scary and that's...
0: That's...
2: when spears um pistol whips the guy and that's my yeah. favorite
0: thing the like he literally like you think he's just gonna like blow his brains out because this guy the the level of Not giving a fuck, you have to have to laugh in the face of someone that just pistol whipped you. Yeah, and like you're gone, and like Like, spit blood on him. How old did he have? I know it's like how how impaired are you right now that you don't even recognize who
1: you're speaking to? You don't even if just even if you don't recognize who that is, just look in the face of that man and think, yeah, it's a good idea to laugh right now.
3: Yeah. It? It's the doubtful gossip girl. He's terrifying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen,
0: I'm afraid of got I'm afraid of Rufus.
3: <laughs> Rufus.
0: I haven't
2: seen Gossip Girl, and I'm afraid of him.
0: Matt Spears <laughs> has some kind of energy.
3: Yeah, he's Matt committed Spears. war crimes.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, I think I brought up Spear. I think I brought... Gossip girl up far too many times um,
2: <laughs> during this,
0: but yeah. So they're able to save Grant, thankfully, and they just you know he doesn't kill the the GI. He doesn't kill the replacement. He just says get get him the fuck out of here. I don't want to see him. Um, and it really I that takes an incredible amount of restraint. I have to say yeah um to not to not kill him but you know he already had a that reputation for it surprised me yeah but he already had a reputation of killing drunk gi so he's like
1: i'm gonna do a little pr oh, right no. here yeah. everyone saw that i did not shoot that yeah. man everyone's saw. like you, you guys okay um, malarkey is malarkey here <laughs> <laughs> malarkey!
0: You you see this? You're my witness, uh, Heffron Brakante. You see, I'm not I'm not killing him.
3: <laughs> his his uh, manager Chris Jenner told him not to.
0: Yeah, <laughs> He's like this looks really bad. Um, no, Lipton. <laughs> Lipton's like, hey, we got to stop this.
3: We got to do a little bit of damage I'm, control. I'm his manager. He's
1: like malarkey, especially is just really not
0: in um but so the next scene that is incidentally with spears again we see him just yelling at more because he wanted hitler's photo albums but he didn't get them. And Moore's like, I didn't take him. What are you talking about? And I think it's so funny because, like, they're two sides of the same coin. And in episode three, you have this moment where, like, Moore gets really shitty with Spears when he, like, tells him that they're moving out. And Moore's like, we're just getting settled here. And just, like, the look that they exchange, So, like, they had bad blood. They had beef. But just yeah. the fact that he was able to, like, look him in the eye and just give him a bold-faced lie is so funny to me. Imagine,
3: imagine having bad blood with Spears and living to tell the tale. <laughs> Spears yeah, is also, yeah. like,
1: the CEO of looting. So he's like, I want the good shit.
0: Yeah. Um, so he gets away with it miraculously. that um, he was able to conceal that. And, uh, Talbert takes over Grant's platoon, which I, I, I've said it so many times, I love Talbert, I won't ever stop loving Talbert.
1: I, Matthew Leach has infested my brain too much, I see Talbert differently.
3: (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, rip to y'all, but I'm different, I can,
3: you know. I I can tell the LaPont. Yeah. Clear... There's a clear difference in my mind. Yeah. There's... There's Band Brothers Top and then there's Fun Fiction Top.
1: And then there's Matthew Leach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I mean, that's... I don't think that's a bad thing. Personally. Oh, my gosh. Um... Post more baby pictures, please. Yeah. (laughs) That's all we are
1: gonna say. (laughs) We want to see your cute baby. Not so much you.
0: (laughs) So, we, um... (laughs) I'm just thinking of something else. So, then we, um... We have this scene next... At the airfield, after Winners is doing his best to get rid of the, the original members of Easy that had to stay, um, the scene at the airfield where Lipton receives the official surrender from the German colonel, and this is where the- um, we didn't want
1: to get it from Babe.
0: <laughs> yeah, because Babe was like, you know, what, you don't, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't surrender to him either. He can fight me. Exactly. Oh, no respect.
1: No respect for Babe Heffron
0: here. You gotta, you gotta fight me for it.
1: Oh, Donnie Wahlberg, on the other hand.
0: Oh, no. I'm not fighting Donnie Wahlberg. You see that picture of him with Kirk, where they're like, they're like running <laughs> like, box.
1: I'm scared of them.
0: I know. Um, yeah, I'm definitely scared of Donnie. So, this scene we have, we have the return of Sobel, who is, Ooh. who has been, you know, just given the bitch work of the supply officer and how he sort of stayed with that, but the other men have risen through ranks and they have more uh, power in their positions. Uh-huh. Um And Winters is like, you're going to salute me. You you may not like me, but you will salute me. The rank, not the man In. but um the the speech that the that the German colonel gives that Liebgott translates for him about living a long, peaceful life, I think it is really powerful for both sides to have heard Mm
3: -hmm. and
0: for someone to have been able to understand that and translate that. And you see winners really taking it all in. Um, It, it truly makes you realize that like, I mean, we said this the whole time because the war is over, but I think that's when it sets in when they finally have the last, battalion of Germans leaving their vicinity yeah they're able to really accept it and the fact that they will have lives after this
2: I don't know I think that like because it changes with every soldier whether they're when they accept it when because like yeah it can hit you but when you really accept that like you're going to have something after this and it's over. Like, what you've worked for for years is over, finally. Like, accepting that it must
1: be, like, incredibly hard. Yeah. Yeah, especially um, when you're in, like, easy company and it's, like, you've trained for so many years to be kind of this, like, elite, like, paratrooping squad. And, mm-hmm. and now all of that is gone and, like, all that hard work is kind of over.
3: Yeah. So, you know, you know where you're on you're on holiday in like a hotel, and you stay there for like two weeks, and it becomes like a thing where you get into such a routine, that, like it feels like a second home. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like it'd be kind of like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, and he says that in the um, in the next scene, which is the, the in the scene. the baseball scene where. Love
3: baseball
0: scene. You know, he sort of Twilight going.
3: baseball scene.
0: Yeah. Um, I love Supermassive Black Hole playing and band over of brothers it. Brothers
3: <laughs> <scenes and
1: play. laughs> in like, baseball scenes instead of cinema Twilight
3: Band of Brothers. <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh my god. A, Shaped me as a person. <laughs> a Band of Brothers Twilight at you? Did I just Absolutely think of... Did, Webster, did just, is
1: Bella. <laughs>
3: Webster Is Bella. Webster is Bella. He's certainly dramatic enough. Um, but...
0: He's but you have this voiceover of winners who talks about the men and how they were able to restart their lives after the war. Sharks. And how some of them what how some of them were cut short. Like you have Webster who went out on the ocean and was never seen again. And you know, someone like Moore who you know, I think six years after the war, died in a car crash. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you have other ones who just, they didn't really know, so they had to speculate as best they could for the time, like Liebgott, who was thought that he, you know, drove a cab in San Francisco for the rest of his life, but he didn't. He moved down to Southern California and was a barber, actually, because... He just didn't want to have connections with people after the war because it was too much – it was it was too much for him. Yeah. Because um, some people I don't think could handle that after the war.
1: Didn't Talbert – like, it was – was it Talbert that, like, didn't come back until, like, mm-hmm. the, like, one reunion, and it was, like, right before his death? Yeah. yeah
0: Talbert was, like, a woodman. But he – but he wasn't. That was, like, what was assumed, but he had just, like – Moved around a lot, and he lived huh. in a lot of different places. He like never like went into the wilderness. It's
3: like huh. it's like at the the end when they're talking about where everyone went. If they didn't know, they just make it up. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally
0: what happened. Like they, so, they like, extrapolated guess a the- the cab. Like yeah.
1: Babe was just like he was a contractor.
0: <laughs> yeah, Doc, yeah, Doc Rowe. He was a contractor. I mean, he or, was yeah, like yeah. like he he was, but. That not much
1: else was known about him. Lipton uh, convicted the dude who shot Robert Kennedy. That's so cool. Buck. Yeah.
3: Oh, Buck did. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lipton,
0: Lipton, Lipton was, was. He worked for like a company
1: or something. Yeah. Lipton
3: joined a boy band. Yeah, you're getting. Uh, Lip- yeah, Lipton joined a boy band.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry. Lipton. <laughs> <laughs> Lipton <laughs> invented boy bands. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no. It <laughs> started some successful burger restaurants. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, but King Lipton. Truth. But it was it. It is very interesting to see like how much you could tell who had better contact with who after the war. Like so much was known about George Laws, So much was known about Johnny Martin. All like these different people because they did keep with the main group because that probably was was their support after mm-hmm. the war, but other people needed that complete disconnect.
2: Yeah, because I imagine it's like really hard just in general after the war because like you form such strong bonds and then it's like I imagine in Liebgott's case it's just it's hard because whenever you see them again, you're reminded of that trauma, but also, like, in Luz's case, like, you see them again, and you're reminded, like, oh, these guys, they're my best friends. They, I went through all of that with them, and, like, mm-hmm. they're the only ones that I can relate to with this, and, like, yeah. no one else will understand it like them.
0: And I know, like, the, the officers did remain close. Like I know well, Spears did it. Um <laughs> but like but like Winners remained close with Welsh and Nixon. Like they were all very like yeah. I think I think Winners was in Harry's wedding. Like yeah. I think like that's what it was. And he was obviously very close with Nixon because he did go home and work with him for yeah. like a couple years before Korea and um so that's how oh. you really you know who who kept the most contact and mm-hmm. who was able to to maintain those relationships
1: or at least who did stuff in like the public eye like I don't know how close everyone was with Webster but like clearly like since he mm-hmm. wrote for like newspapers and he published a book it's like oh okay mm-hmm. like we at least know that he's doing
0: yeah some yeah And then when he ostensibly died.
1: Disappeared into the sea.
0: (laughs) Yeah. he was ate by a shark. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just, it's a very, and then to be told that the war is entirely over. You're not even going to Japan. You're not going to the Pacific. And that's when he says each man would have to rejoin the world as best
2: he could I think the as best he could like part of that sentence really like hit hard because like it really just varies from everyone and like no one will ever be able to fully recover and it's just like you try the hardest you can and Mm -hmm. you just try and make it work
0: yeah because, like, some people, that does, I think, account for the fact that, like, some people end up living with severe PTSD for the rest of their life. Mm. And it does hinder a lot of their uh, relationships and their abilities to do things and opportunities that they get because of this minute, minute amount of time they spent doing the most traumatic actions imaginable yeah um but i mean thankfully in their case they a lot of them were able to live successful lives and they were able to lead happy lives and um you know to be able to reach old age and to be able to share their stories and talk about this stuff is yeah it what it is a blessing to people like us
2: mm-hmm.
0: because you know you need to know history mm-hmm. um and i think the the part that the the only part of the series that really makes me emotional is when it is the actual men talking mm-hmm. and they are being so sentimentally reflective yeah Because you realize, like, oh, this show was made for entertainment value, but this happened. Mm. This was, this, this happened because of their actions.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy to think, like, how much the show, like, I mean, is still impacting. Like, I, I mean, like, all of us, this show was made 20 years ago, so it's like we were all kids or not even born. Yeah. By the time they made the show that it was coming out, but 20 years later, we all watched it, and we have found, like, a community of people who have also watched it, and mostly around our age, who yeah. have watched it and, and love it and want to know more about these men and and know so much more about, like, the war and what they experience now because of it.
2: Yeah. I think, it like, really is, like, the most impactful show I've ever watched, the most impactful, like, media I have ever consumed, and it really just, like, it influenced me as a person so much and it's such a powerful thing and like i'm so grateful that it was produced
3: yeah Mm -hmm. i mean for for me it is it was the show that got me into history because Mm. my mom's a history teacher so because of that i've always wanted to never actually be interested in history but this show got me into it so
0: yeah and it's like world war ii is the most documented war in history and but the fact that you still have stories like this that granted this one is a very well-known one now Mm. but to still have stories just like theirs um that this is sort of representative of just to know that they exist and to know that this is something that deeply changed it was a it was a catalyst for all of world history
3: exactly
0: Um, and to just have ordinary people be doing these incredible feats of heroism even if it's just to save themselves and their friend yeah um it really when you think about it on the individual level it just it it changes the meaning so much. I think. It really does. Um, but <laughs> I don't know, try to kind to liven it back up a little bit. Um, <laughs> I mean it's it's from an from a like entertainment standpoint, it is also one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. Like exactly. Because you have these, like, dynamics of people and you have these actors who can uh, capture that brilliantly and make it fun in places where it has to be
2: yeah, or where, or where it should be. really was phenomenal,
0: mm-hmm. honestly.
2: Mm-hmm. And just, like, everything that was put into the show and all of the effort, all of the special effects, all of the writing, everything it just came together so wonderfully and i've never seen a show like that that's just all of it is so impressive
0: like yeah like i like we talked about this in the first episode but like 20 years on it holds up hmm. production value everything it still feels it still feels relevant like it still feels like this could be made today there's like one scene i think that there's two scenes that date it <laughs> um and they were said it's the jimmy fallon scene and the the scene where they're dropping into the sky that cgi isn't the best but
1: it's forgivable yeah well and you can just see how much like the actors did care and still really care about this project because like i mean they all went to like half of them or like a lot of them went to that boot camp to like actually get into like the role and then like even now like they are still doing reunions and they will still Mm -hmm. talk about it and talk to each other on social media. So I think it's like, I mean, you can just see the impact that it had on them and you can see that kind of love and care come through in the show.
0: To know that it created a real bond with people, um, like the people that made it, I think is really special as well. Cause you do have a lot of shows where it's like, you know, hi, how you doing? I'm so-and-so in the show. Oh, cool. And then when you're done, okay, see you, never. And then to know that, like, this did form friendships and it's friendships of the cast and now it's forming friendships of people who like it. Yeah. Um, I think it's something that's really special as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, all, like, most of us would not have met had it not been for this show.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. y'all all live in, like, completely different parts of the world. I'm like younger than all of y'all and I would have never met you guys if it wasn't for this show. And I think like you guys are honestly some of my best friends and I can see myself being friends with you guys for like a lot longer um cuz it's just like this show has impacted so much of my life and so much of you guys' life and it just it really brings people together as a show because it's about relationships and it is so powerful that like I just want to talk about it all day and you guys will understand that because it's yeah so it's unifying yeah
0: mm-hmm and it's, like, it's the, it's the, the, the memes and the jokes that form within it, like, yeah. not to, like, you know, give anything away or expose anything, but, like, the fact that, like, there are, like, certain things that people can just, like, see an image of something and just start laughing. Yeah. Like, how we can, like, see the back of Sisk, Lee've Gotten, Webster, and just yeah. think it's the most hilarious thing <laughs> in the world. Exactly. <laughs> like, that, um, I think is a, I think that's both a testament to how it's perceived today, and how it's perceived entertainment-wise, and the people that watch it, because I do mm-hmm. think it has gained a very different fan base than it set out to have, and it had originally.
1: Yeah, that's what I wonder about Masters of Air, is like i wonder how much the producers of this show know what the fan base for like band of brothers and the pacific is now and i wonder if they mm-hmm. know that it's a lot of younger people and i wonder if they'll do anything to like kind of tar- not like but like kind of like target the show more towards us than like older like, men who are interested in war yeah yeah
0: because that is sort of like the the original audience, is you have these like it's, it's marketed, it was marketed to, like, World War II buffs and, like, people that love war history and political history, but now it's, like, a lot of girls, a lot of people who don't identify as, you know, as the typical straight man. You have a lot of more LGBTQ people, for example, um, that are interested in this show, and it's a very, and that's a very interesting, uh, demographic to me that came to the show that you see very interested in it and i wonder if that's taken into account now and Mm -hmm. i don't i i wouldn't expect it to be holy because like i don't think they're you know i don't think they're looking at the numbers of (laughs) who's still watching it now but going forward
1: yeah but if you search like band of brothers now so much of the discussion centers on things like Tumblr, where it's, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of younger people making, like, content for it. So I feel like, mm-hmm. if anything, I think bare minimum, they'll take that into account with, like, casting people.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> they'll be like, oh, yeah. the, young, the young people really seem to like this actor. We'll put him in. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I I do hope they don't do, like, all, like – fan service gimme Timothy Chalamet. If <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is in it, I won't watch it. Cameron <laughs> Monaghan exactly on the other I'm hand.
1: i Um but, but Harry Styles is Dun- Dunkirk.
2: Brothers, I was like, okay, no one else is gonna watch this because like one other person I know, the one other person I know who watched it was this military-obsessed, like, um, person in my physics class, and now, like, I see there's a whole new, like, I honestly don't know what attracted us to this show, because, like, I thought that it would just be, like, history buffs like me, but, like, people who are like way older than me and people who are like straight white men who like who like war but like
0: mm-hmm.
2: it really is an interesting thing to think about that like we like band of brothers because yeah it's not that we relate to it I necessarily or at least in my case but we mm-hmm. it's just a very as i said a very powerful show
1: yeah yeah. Well, I think too. At least part of it, I know. At least the Pacific probably saw a resurgence because of Bohemian Rhapsody.
3: Yeah, because there I was think a, that's...
1: Re- a renewed interest in Joe and Rami specifically. And then I think, for some people, then that led them to Band of Brothers. Because I know that's why I was originally interested in watching The Pacific was because I was like, oh. Joe and Rami are in that, and then Sarah was like, You should watch Band of Brothers first.
0: Yeah, I was like, Watch, the, watch Band of Brothers first. Uh, ease into it. Don't do what I did.
1: This, I think, is a hard uh, start. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, you know, I think you end up a, with a lot more people drawn to Band of Brothers mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. Not to say that both aren't incredible (laughs) yeah the pacific is still incredible um but yeah it's just it's a very interesting the future of well i guess it's no longer even masters of air won't even be hbo war but it'll be a part of the part of the series yeah but for this for this for this in my heart for this genre of the Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg cinematic universe. <laughs> um, it'll be a very interesting to see where the future goes with it.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, I'd be interested too, to see with, I think more recent discussions about the military and uh, you know, what the United States has done. I'd be interested to see if if that's taken into account so and this is being made like, what, like, more than 10-plus years after the Pacific? Mm Mm-hmm. And almost 20 years after Band of Brothers.
0: Yeah. And, um, it will be interesting to see, because especially since the campaign that they're sending this around isn't the kindest to view America in.
1: So. I think this one, I mean, you could kind of see it in the Pacific, but I do wonder if they'll grapple a little bit more with, like, the morality of America in the war. Because I think Band of Brothers is very clearly like, oh, they were doing the right thing, and then the Pacific is yeah. more like, yeah. Were they? they... <laughs> were
2: they... Yeah. The,
0: the Pacific, comes out. yeah. The, I was going to say, the Pacific makes you question uh, your, your reality and the existence of a god immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Episode yep. one, God's dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um but yeah you were gonna say
2: oh i was gonna say hbo war just comes out like every 10 years with a new <laughs> show and like just when people are starting to give up they're like oh here's a new show
0: generation well, this Co- one is- i've never watched generation come
3: when are we but- getting our
0: new
1: one.
3: Or I, instead of instead of watching Generation Kill I watched Generation War which is like the three part German series on Netflix mm-hmm. would recommend I would recommend that one.
0: Oh, you might watch it yeah but, um, just sneaking that in there <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah any uh any final thoughts I love y'all I love
2: Band of Brothers I love do I love Ross McCall no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I love Rick Gomez. I love Rick
3: Gomez. Russell yeah. Gomez. <laughs> so, I was gonna Cole say why? To all of these and he's gonna be so upset that you said that.
0: Yeah. As if this <laughs> the sneak the sneakily calling him and Webster a bitch wasn't <laughs> enough. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Emily, thoughts? Um
1: No <laughs> <laughs> I have
0: no no thoughts. Head empty. No thoughts. Head empty. Um, stream Band of Brothers. Okay. Stream Band of
1: Brothers or buy Band of Brothers now.
0: Yeah,
3: buy
1: <laughs>
0: Band of Brothers.
3: You have to buy it. Uh, um. Uh, I love Robin. Oh, I love Eon Sorry.
1: Bailey. There we go. <laughs> wow. okay.
3: I love Tommy. I mean exactly. <laughs>
0: um. All right, we're just g- giving who we love. I love Shane Taylor. Um, <laughs>
1: Thanks for letting me follow you on Instagram.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you, finally. I said that in episode six, but, like, uh, thank you for letting me finally follow you. If you listen to uh, this.
3: Oh. You know um, what else? Um, punch Nazis.
0: Yeah, punch Nazis. Shoot Nazis if you can. Um, but... <laughs> this was a really fun experience, and I'm glad I did it. I, I dragged my feet on this for way too long, and now that it's done and over with, I uh, can't believe it went so well. And I'm very thankful to everyone who did it, you guys included. Um, and yeah, so thank you for listening to Fans of Brothers. Yeah, and, I'm glad um, to be a
2: part of it and proud to be a part of it. Yay! Yes.
0: And um, I don't think I'll have the rights, so I can't play us out with the ending theme. But I'm just going to say thank you one more time. All right. Bye. (laughs)